0: Hi friend, my name is Danielle Holloran, and I'm the host of the Detail Diary podcast. I'm a self-made online business owner who loves sharing the behind the scenes of my business and inspiring others to follow their dreams. You can find me most days chasing my dog around, relaxing with my husband, and wearing basically anything Dusty Rose and Pearls. Think of this as your space to come to feel motivated and inspired to take on your biggest dreams while also just chatting with your best friend. Cozy up for some girl time and get ready to feel uplifted and inspired. If we can relate to anything surrounding small business, it is how unpredictable social media can be for marketing. The world of podcast advertising has really taken the reins as the forefront of today's marketing, even for small businesses. Zencaster's creator network makes it super easy for brands like you to connect with podcasters like me. Zencaster matches you with the best podcast so your product gets to the right audience. 67% of listeners remember brands and products from podcast ads, and 63% actually made a purchase after hearing an ad. I know from my perspective as a small business owner, the idea of getting my brand directly into the ears of my ideal clients sounds so much more appealing than fighting through the ever-changing social media algorithms and wondering what will stick. Zencaster's podcast marketplace has even made it easy to track conversions by integrating with major platforms such as Shopify and Stripe. I'm really excited about this new wave of advertising opportunities for small businesses, and I can't wait to see your marketing come to life. Interested in sponsoring this show or podcast ads for your business? Go to zen.ai slash the detailed diary pod one and fill out the contact information so Zencaster can help you bring your business story to life. Hello and welcome to the Detailed Diary podcast. My name is Danielle Holleran, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. I have Kaylee Wallace of Mulberry Market Designs on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Hey, I'm so excited to be on here and talking with you and I love watching all of your growth and I'm just excited to be here. Yeah,
0: I'm so excited to have you on. This is like such an awesome interview. I'm sure so many people listening all Already follow you because I know we have a lot of you know people in the sign making industry who listen to the podcast and yeah. your business. Yeah, is so inspiring, and I cannot wait to hear more. If you want to just get started by giving maybe just a brief personal background on you, your family, and kind of how you started up your
1: business. Sure. So we're pretty excited because we are celebrating ten years in June. Ten years ago, Etsy and the whole handmade world of things was very different. It's changed so much. So I started on Etsy. Of course, many people know this. I'm still on Etsy. Actually, it's a great place to sell your artwork, but obviously a good thing to, to like grow from. So where I started was with Etsy. And as many people know, I did not start it as a business. I started it for just a creative outlet and it just kind of happened overnight. And that's not, necessarily how it works now, and certainly not for many people. So I always tell people don't expect that going into a small business. But we were newly married, probably, I think, two months after getting married. And we were both working jobs that we really loved, just corporate jobs in retail and things like that. So I listed a few things on Etsy, just kind of hoping that I could do some stuff on the side, making little signs, little things like that for other people. And within a week, orders just started kind of pouring in and I started getting really really scared and overwhelmed, excited, but a little overwhelmed, especially because my craft was not perfected. It was just this hobby. So once I started getting the orders, I was like, oh no, now I have to like actually make these orders. So yeah, we started there and within six months I had quit my job. And my goal was just basically to make what I was making at my job on a regular basis through our Etsy store. And that's kind of what started happening. So I felt very confident at that point. I still really scared and we looked pretty crazy to most of our family and friends, but we just took a really big leap of faith and obviously it worked out. But my husband was a little more apprehensive to quit his job. So he quit about a year later and then we both started doing it full time. And then shortly after we welcomed our first baby. And now we're on our, I just had our fourth. So <laughs> we've had a very busy road the past <laughs> 10 years. Oh yeah.
0: That's crazy. It's so scary <laughs> when you go through like a growth that quick and trying to figure out like what life decision and change you're going to make because you could definitely could have said like, mm, you know what? It's only been like six months. Like, will this last? How do I know if it's sustainable? And just kind of put a pause to the Etsy shop and scaled things down a little bit and kind of just kept it as a side instead of just jumping in and look where you are now. Like obviously you made the right decision, not even a question. And that's pretty amazing that now you and your husband can both run the business together just as a whole family business raising your kids, working out of your property like it's just so inspiring and so incredible.
1: <laughs> That's very sweet of you. Thank you. It's funny because when I present the story in that way, it sounds so romantic and you know, it sounds like it just went so smoothly, but there's been so many bumps in the road. There's been so many like setbacks and letdowns. So, I always want to encourage people that it is not as amazing and perfect as it sounds, but like the goals, like the things that you set out to do, like when you get there, it's so much sweeter and like so much more rewarding. So, you know, these 10 years have not been easy, but it's been so worth it. So <laughs> just oh, want yeah. to make sure to point that out. <laughs> it
0: is crazy because you see, you know, on social media and everything, like yeah. everyone's business looks like it's perfect and they're living the dream and every single day is just like sunshine and like so (laughs) great, but there's so much that goes on behind the scenes to make things work and to make things grow that a lot of people just don't see. At what time kind of in your Journey. Did you guys go back and forth with maybe opening, you know, a separate studio somewhere else? Or I know that you have a studio at your house, but how was kind of that process of realizing, all right, we're outgrowing the space that we're in? We need to kind of expand from here. Cause I know you have a Insanely beautiful studio now, but I'm sure it definitely wasn't easy getting to that yeah. point. So, how was that kind of process?
1: That's probably been our number one challenge that we face every year. We still deal with it, just outgrowing it, but it's a problem that can make it hard to be successful, be on time with your orders, be organized in your space. So, when we started, we started in a one bedroom apartment and we rented a little garage that was like attached to our apartment. And that worked for a very short while. and then And we eventually bought a house that had an attached garage and studio, so we used that. And just from there, we kept moving places for a little while. We actually rented a commercial space, which was really nice. It was in the like city area. So we even thought about maybe having a storefront at the time, but I will say it was one of the most expensive times for us. Cause it was like having a second mortgage. So it's definitely not cheap to have a commercial space, but there are really huge benefits to it. I know a lot of other makers that have made that work for us because where you do more of the work behind the scenes versus like selling in person. It just didn't make sense for us to have a storefront at the time and spend all that money. So our goal was kind of like, instead of renting, we need to put all of that money into having our own space, whether it was buy property and build something or build it where we live that kind of thing. So that was kind of our end goal, which is where we're at now. But now on our land, we're outgrowing here. So now we're kind of at a spot where we're like, maybe we need to have mulberry market on its own property so that we can continue to grow and have more space for our team, things like that. So it's definitely always something that we're just working on. But we have definitely ventured into the world of like renting versus owning. So there are benefits to both, of course.
0: Of course. Those are such big decisions. It's not like hiding between this new product or that new product. Like these are huge business decisions and investments and they take a long time to put into place. And I can only imagine how intimidating it must be to move forward in all of these different endeavors, like building or renting, wondering, like trying to predict and forecast how large spaces will be down the line because so many things are uncertain, which, you know, is a whole other topic. I mean, we all went through some crazy times during COVID with all of our small businesses. And I know that you firsthand went through a huge entire shift during COVID that really kind of changed the trajectory of your business. If you want to dive into that a little bit and how you handled navigating that, because I give you all the... credit in every business owner out there who has had to uh, navigate everything that COVID threw to all of these businesses. Just an insane time.
1: Yeah. It breaks my heart because I know so many businesses, whether it's local or online or people that I've supported in the past or people I've followed that have just closed their doors because they just could not sustain or it just, even if they could sustain, it was so stressful or it wasn't worth it. Like, There were just many, many obstacles that so many people had to face. Us specifically, we were in the wedding industry, of course. So weddings for COVID just completely stopped. And you could only withstand that for so long without making any income or having any clients that, you know, when you have a certain amount that you're used to making and then it just completely stops. And you only have so much Kind of like for us, we had a savings, but after so long that savings started depleting and we're like, we've got to do something. We cannot keep going on as we are. We don't know how long COVID is going to last or how long it's going to affect the wedding industry we knew it would eventually stop, but like, we can't just put ourselves into financial ruin, basically. So we kind of just had this big talk, me and my husband, just we went for a walk down our road one day. And it was a very tearful, long walk, but we knew we just had to make a decision. And it was either close doors, like close our our company down after almost 10 years or make a huge shift. And just completely change. And that's, you know, we decided to do the change because after praying about it, we just knew that like, it it just wasn't time for us to close just yet. And so we were like, well, we could either continue to try to do weddings, or we can try to do something that reaches other people in a different way. And we knew so many people were staying at home and doing home renovations and just making home more of a place that they wanted to be during a time like COVID. So we were like, let's do things that make people happy at their home. So we started doing our home collections. And this was something I had dabbled in the past few years, kind of on and off but did not put a lot of time and effort into it because weddings took so much time. Mm -hmm. But since we had the opportunity, we just kind of poured our hearts into it. And within I think within six months, it started, they started really taking off and we we were able to kind of get back to where we were. And now we're doing better than we were with weddings, which is extremely mind blowing to me, because I never thought I could make like I never thought Mulberry Market could be something more than weddings. And I think that's such a testament of faith, because you can go in to as a business, you can change your name, you can change your local, you can even change what you do. I think as long as you have that passion and heart behind it, then you're still going to have those groups of people that support you and, and love your work, regardless of really what you're doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that is a really important message just for anyone in small business, because even when you go into it at first, like, yeah, you may be going in to one industry or one area that you think that you absolutely love. And maybe after a few years, you realize you want to pivot, but then are nervous that You know, you're going to ruin your entire business if you pivot and shift. And businesses everywhere all the time are always constantly shifting and pivoting and making changes. And it's just something that's going to help push your business forward. Obviously, this was a huge shift and pivot for you. (laughs) So I am so happy that everything is going so well. All of your pieces are just absolutely beautiful. And it kind of goes back to the, Original example we were talking about of when you decided to go full time, like it's those big decisions where like in this instance as well, you could have said, you know what, It's just not going to be worth it. Let's just close. Who knows if it's going to fail, you know, like all of these questions, but just like trusting in your faith and moving forward and taking a big leap really does pay off. So it is really inspiring for anyone who may be listening, who could be in a similar position, whether that is leaving a job or trying something new in the business and just being scared of failing, you know, obviously failures and mistakes happen in business. It's just a way of pushing us forward, but it's awesome. That you were able to pivot through such, such a difficult time, especially with having like small children at home, too, all working together as a family, all under one roof, I can imagine can be so stressful at times. How are you able to kind of balance work life and? mom life, just family life? Because I know that the lines can get blurred and it can just be crazy. And I'm expecting my first baby too. So I'm already thinking (laughs) of like, you know, how things are going to work running my business with the baby and you've got four.
1: So how does that kind of
0: work for you?
1: (laughs) That is a great question. So if you come to the Mulberry Market Studio, be prepared for there to be a child Or many children, or maybe a few animals, or a chicken, something to bombard you when you walk into the door. Most of the time, now that I'm kind of like not in the studio as much, the kiddos aren't in there as much. But when it was my husband and I in there all day, every day, the kids were with us and we just, we had to make it work. Like it really wasn't an option. We tried daycare, we tried nannies and those things are really great too. Those are great things to have if, and obviously not everyone can afford that, especially Mm -hmm. nannies, they can be very expensive. But if you can have someone that is in your family or a friend or hire someone just as like part-time, those are really great things to have just so that you can focus because I have learned that with your children and other distractions around it can be hard to focus on what you're doing and making sure you're not making mistakes, things like that. But you do get used to, you get used to the chaos, but we always give our kids activities. So like, whenever we do our acrylic signs, we have them peel signs. And obviously this is not like forced labor. Like they love <laughs> it. <laughs> so they're like, mommy, how can I help? So they'll come in, we'll give them like a little task or they'll play with bubble wrap. They absolutely love that, which makes everything so loud, but at least they're like entertaining themselves. And they also love to like stack the boxes up and make them as like a jungle gym. So they they love the world of being in the studio. I have to basically drag them out most days. But now that we're homeschooling, that's a whole nother Ball games. So we just take each day as its own. We don't have expectations. We don't have really strict schedules. We just make it a goal to get out there by morning. And if we need to pause in the middle of the day, we will, and then we'll go back out there. So I think for people who are looking at, especially for you as a new mom, your days might change and your schedule might be very different from what you're used to. But you will definitely find like a flow, like you'll find something that just works for you guys and your kids. Well, just fit right in (laughs) so that's kind of how we have juggled it you'll find us like baby wearing we'll wear the babies while we're like doing stuff I have the cutest pictures of my husband like packaging up orders with like a baby on his back so it's chaos most of the time but it's I don't know you look back on it and you appreciate it and you get to spend so much more time with your kids doing it that way and they get to be involved so there's there's a lot of really great moments
0: (laughs) that's so special and even from like the kids perspective too they're going to have such a crazy like awesome childhood growing up, like in the studio and like talking about when they were younger, playing with like mom's bubble wrap and like boxes (laughs) and just all of these experiences that kids whose parents maybe just work a, you know, normal corporate nine to five job don't get that experience of growing up literally in a business, like a home handmade business. So those memories are just so sweet. I know that you've also made so many changes in your business when it comes to uh, like physically hand-making everything, which I think is definitely a huge goal for so many handmade businesses. I know the first like day I took my business full-time, my number one goal, and it still is, is, okay, how do I grow and scale my business? You know, if that's handmade, my parents were so concerned when I took my business full-time. So like, <laughs> what happens if, you know, you break your hand? Like, what are you, I'm like, I have a, you know, things are going to take time, but I, you know, I have a plan. So it's been really inspiring to see you be able to scale your business to a level where now you're not sitting and writing every single order that comes in. How is that kind of process to getting to this point? Was it scary taking a step back from physically handwriting everything? It's another one of those decisions that's like, you know, could make or break, but you just kind of have to jump in and have a little bit of faith. So how is kind of making that transition?
1: Yeah, I would say that's probably the scariest decision we ever made because I am so passionate about our business having that, that handmade aspect. And I never wanted to like tread too far from that. I didn't want to become this business that just looks like something from a store or looks like something that just doesn't have that personality, but I knew that I couldn't continue doing it the way that I was doing it. It was actually affecting my body physically. I wasn't, I was starting to have major like uh, carpal tunnel and back problems, and things like that, especially after 10 years. So mm-hmm. I definitely tried to do things a little differently, whether it was like having a drafting table or getting chiropractic adjustments or sitting certain ways to improve my posture. I tried all these things and those worked well, but I just knew I couldn't be like 50 years old still doing this. So I was like, how can we, and this is kind of our motto is how can we always work smarter, not harder. So we always try to think of ways that like can improve our business or improve our lives or improve the way we work in a smart way and not the harder way. So We thought, you know, we've actually dabbled in a few different things. We've tried screen printing. We've tried stenciling. We tried actually hiring other artists to duplicate my handwriting (laughs) so that we could have like multiple artists doing it. We've done so many different things to try to, to expand. And then my husband actually dabbled, like he started looking into printer options. And that's where we found our UV printer. So obviously, if you've looked into this at all, it's an extremely... Big step, a big expensive step. And so this was one of those leaps of faith where we're like, this is gonna make or break us, but we have nothing to lose. Like we have to do this because we can't keep doing things the way we're doing. Like our our customers were suffering because they were waiting so long for their product. We could only I could only produce something so fast Mm -hmm. and things like that. So we decided to try the the printer and we're like, we're just gonna do it. We're gonna make it happen. Worst case scenario. We just send the printer back and we keep doing what we're doing and figure something out. So we got the printer. I think we've been doing it for a year and a half now, a year to a year and a half. And it was a huge learning curve. Like we had weeks and weeks of training, but my main goal was to still have that handmade look and feel, but be able to produce things faster, but at the same time, almost more precise in a way, because I do think the industry has changed a little where people want that handmade look that they don't want it to look what's the word I guess like yeah like too crafty too DIY mm-hmm. they still want it to look clean and you know well presented. So that's kind of what we were looking for when we were making this change. So I actually ended up turning my handwriting into a font, which was a whole other nightmare in itself. I hired someone to do that. I tried doing myself. That is not something that I'm good at. So I was like, I'm gonna let somebody else do that for me. (laughs) But we turned my lettering into a font. And then we started curating other fonts, things like that. That way, we still had our own unique look that made Mm -hmm. us stand out but also kept that handmade touch. And that's just been kind of our thing. Like no matter what we do, it has that handmade look and feel. And we were able to do that with the printer. So it's been a huge blessing. We're able to do so much more. We're not limited. I was very limited in the things that I could handmake as far as like teeny tiny prints or like perfect mm-hmm. like serif or sans fonts. Those are things that you can teach yourself, but you can only make it so perfect, as you know. <laughs> These were things that i was excited about. Yeah, so... With the printer, I was able to kind of expand more beyond what I could do. So, if you're looking into expanding, I think it's just important to know your limits and know what you're prepared to do and spend. And for us, it was like, okay, we're going to take on this huge expense of this printer. So, now we need to come up with so many more things that people are going to love and enjoy, but also help offset that cost. Mm -hmm. So, those are the things that we had to think about, you know, jumping into such a big a big machine. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: well, definitely paid off. And you can tell with all of the signs that you do now, like if you were to compare them to, you know, the plain old customer on the street to your actual handwritten signs versus your printed handwritten font signs, you can still, you know, tell that it's your writing, your, you know, creative approach. Like that's, transition has been seamless. There's so many more opportunities now for you to expand on things that you would have never been able to do in the past while still keeping that brand identity and everything That your business has it's just it's flown together absolutely perfect in terms of moving forward now this has been such a lovely interview chatting about everything in the upbringing of your business where do you guys kind of see yourself moving now for the future you've been like moving and grooving making all of these like awesome changes that i'm sure that you have lots of aspirations and goals now even so moving forward
1: Yeah, I think that my biggest problem is I want to do too much. (laughs) And as a mom of four and just having other priorities in life than just work, I have to kind of calm myself and like say, okay, like what are the serious goals that I can actually tackle for this year? So there's like probably a hundred things that I want to do. But for this year, my main goal is to try to get in stores. Like we would love to have our product in stores and just reach people that aren't in the online world, or maybe are just shopping and they see our signs and they're like, they just have to have it. So that's kind of our goal this year. And that has not been an easy goal, mostly because it's not the easiest thing to find information on. But that's what we're working on. And just Basically, expanding to where we're just not solely on online. We would love to have more of a local presence in like a lot of the boutiques and stores around our area. But yeah, being in stores, that's kind of our main goal for 2022.
0: That's awesome. I can totally see that happening. I know I follow other artists just across all ends of art, not even signs, but you know, stationery and things like that. And I've seen them get their products into stores and it's just an incredible thing to see someone grow from such a small business to now having products in like a big box store so i can totally see that happening and i'm excited for you
1: yeah thank you well thank
0: you so much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to come (laughs) on chat i will leave all of your information linked down below in the description of the podcast as well as the show notes where everyone can find you on social media on your website and And everything like that. At the end of every episode, we kind of leave off with just a note for our figurative detailed diary, basically just a lasting note of inspiration for anyone who's listening, who may be, you know, starting their own small business or navigating their own small business. If you have any last words of advice.
1: Yeah, I think we talked a little bit about this and I had to think a lot about this one because I have a lot of thoughts sometimes. But I think the most important thing that I have just faced recently that probably other makers or artists have faced is just not wearing too many hats. And basically in my world, just learning to unplug, put the phone down, go outside, spend time with family. Just not feel like you have to be just obsessed with your business all the time. Obviously that's a huge wonderful thing to have, like to be in love with your business and what you do, but just learning too, that there's like more to it so that you can give your brain a break and just be able to reset, you know, things like that. So yeah. That's kind of my little piece of advice. (laughs) That's
0: awesome. I think that that's something everyone can kind of take and apply to their business, whether they're just starting or kind of in the thick of it. It's just something really good to keep in mind. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed chatting with you so much, and I will be continuing to watch your business grow.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Danielle.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Detailed Diary Podcast. Make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Be sure to join our community over on Instagram at Detailed Diary Podcast and introduce yourself. I'm looking forward to meeting you over there and
1: I will see you next Wednesday for a brand new episode. Until then, have an amazing week.